0: Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog They're Wonderful lads, to do a great job there And worth reading about that man there so we the man the rest the numbers Time's ended up almost looking like a 6-3 one Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website great podcast as well Of course, Fede Valverde was a huge part of the equation
1: hello and welcome to a friday edition of the managing major podcast this is your host kian sobani and i'm joined as always by jose perez every friday because we preview Real Madrid's opponents on the weekend and coming up is a delicious tasty matchup although to be quite honest the derby always turns out to be boring as heck so probably not that tasty but hopefully some tension at least and some uh, controversy. I say that half joking, but it, at least it does add a little bit of spice in, in moments like this. Sometimes they're not tactical masterclasses or things of beauty, but they're at least entertaining in some way with clashes and butting heads and whatnot. So joining me is Jose, of course. Jose, how are you?
0: Hello, Kian, and hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, there's always that that feeling of like looking forward to this, but not really looking forward to this because I'm gonna spend the next few minutes talking about Atletico tactical issues, and it's and it's gonna sound like these guys are terrible, uh, and it's still gonna end up zero zero one one, like it's and it's gonna be like a predictably like very even game because uh, whatever state they're in, they're always. It's always hard to break down Atlético somehow. Even if they're even in times like now where they're not even defending as well as before.
1: Yeah. I was um I was telling Diego this on the Churos podcast yesterday, but I've been to almost every derby, I think, in the past five, six years. And if it's not me, I think Ewan has been to a couple. Um and without fail, they're always so I find like you just realize how overhyped this game is in terms of spectacle. It's a very boring game, either stalemate or 1-1 or just someone nicks it. Um, But um, I don't know. Here's to hoping this weekend will be a little bit different. And obviously the whole uh, dancing thing before the game at least added a little bit of fire to it. Uh, we, we, let's just get that out of the way right now, Jose. Whether, wherever you you end on the spectrum listening to this, whether you're on the fence that Koke is evil for saying what he said or, or you think it's completely taken out of context or you think dancing is great, dancing is terrible, let's just get that out of the way because people want to hear our thoughts on this for some reason. Jose, what do we need to say about this? Anything?
0: Uh, honestly, I wish I didn't have to say anything because to me, this is one of the dumbest football debates i've heard in a while um and it's and it's just one of those situations where just a lot of spanish media is just trying to stoke up controversy where there shouldn't be um and i'm going to put blame like a bit more blame on media for this simply because it this should be a non issue and there is no reason to amplify things it's like like what happened originally against say Mallorca he goes celebrates maybe other people in the opposition team or uh, are, are angry at it everyone's heated up in a game it happens that's it and that eh, and that's all the issue up uh, with and i think to a degree that's really where coke's statements were going it's just like like he like it's him he can celebrate however we want he wants the fans are probably not going to like it because opposition fans are not going to like your the opponent celebrating a goal. So, it is uh, so it is what it is, uh, and 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 that's the thing. Like I feel like even for the players, they're like, uh, like for, from Koke's perspective, it's just like it is what it is. I don't like he doesn't see any much reason to make a, a fuss out of it, but all the media is trying to make a fuss out about it and, tr- and bring everyone and try to get the worst uh try to bring everyone's statements as most out of context as they can so that they can stoke controversy and and it's so boring because there are so many other things that could be talked about
1: so here's where i stand on it i agree i think and you brought up the um you brought up a gre- agree there in passing so that was actually somehow a non-story. And what what became blown up for this particular instance was the fact that it was Koke and it was the upcoming derby, right? If it was some player we never heard about in the second division, this wouldn't have even gotten the light of day, right? Aguirre literally said in a in the game, Mallorca versus Real Madrid, hit him, hit him to, Vin- to his players to get Vinicius. And no one talked about that. I mean, Lucas and I were asked about it on the mailbag on Thursday. And what I said was, even then, I was like, okay, well, that's not a great message. However, I'll give you some context. And I think there is not necessarily um, something malicious intended in that even. You know, growing up here playing football in Canada, uh, we always said, you know, if someone is like on a counterattack and they're dribbling in transition, a common thing to say would be like, take him down, take him out get him like all that stuff right it doesn't it's not saying break his bones destroy his destroy his spinal cord all that stuff right so uh, that's why i kind of like i'm not saying agita's comments were like this beautiful message of football but i'm like okay in the heat of the moment like take him out or or get him or make sure he doesn't get into space foul him or whatever do what you need to do same thing in basketball if someone comes into the lane to dunk on you you're going to send a message you're going to hit him. you're going to make sure hey you're not coming in here dunking on me you're either getting fouled or you're gonna get put in your place, or you're not. You're gonna to be too scared to come back at me next time. Same idea. Um, and so with the whole coke thing, I saw one of my favorite uh, journalists, who is not the one who works for Managing Madrid, who I also love, but um, mm-hmm. they tweeted something, and they tweeted the cocaine thing, and, and I'm very good friends with this person. They t- they quote tweeted and said. Um, this is an unbelievable thing for Coca to say. And I was like, okay, I'm excited mm-hmm. to press play. And I pressed play and I was like, I, I I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. No. And the quote that like, you know, he's gonna be in trouble was compl- was taken out of context in the sense that like it's literally just about like he can celebrate how he wants. However, just so he knows, there may be implications from out the crowd if he does that. That's that's how I interpret it as okay. But yeah. I will say this I still liked it because i like i like trash talk that's always been Mm. me i like the trash (laughs) talk and let's be honest like i definitely didn't mind waking up to neymar and vinicius just celebrating the art of dancing uh after a celebration which is something i'm definitely for so at at the very least i thought that was cool that it brought light to be like hey this is nonsense that we would even get mad at anyone celebrating i don't care Griezmann I never I never cared that Griezmann danced I never cared that Vinicius danced I never cared that Ronaldinho danced to me football is art celebrate your um you just be your be your artistic self you know
0: I yeah I, and the other thing that concerns me is that for example people like a lot of these people who might complain about about, about this might be the same people who are then going to ask is like hey why don't we have like pure entertainers in football like Ronaldinho was well, because the times you've had those, like Vinicius or Neymar, who got a lot of the same treatment, they keep complaining about everything they do. And I, I generally like football at this stage, like there's the new cycle, the way it's done uh, is just so frustratingly focused on like small, meaningless details that it really misses out on so many entertaining things. People in this era would not enjoy Ronaldinho, for example, as much as as they, as they people did 15, 20 years ago because we've gotten used to knowing every single detail about players' lives, looking at what they do on a weekly, uh, talking about what they do on a weekly, daily basis that we just take the fun out of all of it and... And people are going to keep wondering, where did the entertainers go? I don't think they've gone anywhere. I just think that the world is now more, I don't know, uh, more upset at everything every day.
1: Yeah, Here. here's, uh, yeah, and look, social media in particular, I, I feel like there's more, I've said this many times this season, it's bigger than ever. There's more vitriol than ever unfortunately, there's actually a lot of good stuff in there that also gets lost. There's a lot of great people yeah. posting great things. Uh, but our human brain is wired to look at the 1% that is very loud and not the other stuff, right? And so there's, I feel like a, you'll see a lot of the the bad stuff by, by default, because it actually does get amplified quite a bit. But I my, my theory about this is that because cause to me, like, so when when I was a kid, Jose, when I, like, I really, t- I started watching football in 98. Um, I was a kid. The reason I fell in love with him, like, I didn't know anything about tactics at the time, or stats, or, you know, real analysis and stuff. Like, to me, if Zidane did a gorgeous flick um, in midfield, and it didn't lead to a goal, I wasn't like, oh, well, that was redundant. I was like, man, that was awesome. And that, so that's why I fell in love with the game, right? And so, and... And so I always resonated more with that side of things the, the the trash talking, the showboating, the the artistic side of football. That's why I will never forgive Rafa Benitez for telling Luca Mortis not to use the outside of his boot. Obviously, that was a terrible statement to make. Right. But my theory, Jose, with the, the, your concerns too, why we're starting to move away from that a little bit and people are getting upset about it, is that I think a lot of people wish they could play football like Vinicius. And I think a lot of people in turn could have actually wished they would danced like Vinicius, if I'm being quite honest. And I think if they could do that, they would do that as well. But Koke can't play football like that. And this is not about Koke. Again, his words were taken out of context to an extent. But I think if, if any footballer could do that, they would do that. And I think because they can't, their alternative reaction to it is to kind of just drag it down and, and criticize it and make it seem silly and and just because they can't do it. That's my theory about it. So we can talk about tactics.
0: Yes. Uh, Gladly. Even though with Atletico, it's again, I feel like Atletico tactically, apart from that season where they won the, the league title, it's a bit like Groundhog Day. Every season follows the same script. Every time starts out a bit promising. People are wondering, oh, is Atletico finally going to play more offensively? Interesting. They're doing this, they're doing that, they're scoring more. Then you have like a a, a period of like mid-season crisis. They're about to drop out from Champions League, etc. And then after, after mid-season crisis gets solved by going somehow b- back to the same deep block stuff that they've always done and that always seems to get the job done for them. So, and 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 right now it seems like Atletico are going right on the same path as every season. Started a bit promising out in preseason. Preseason looked good. First game against Getafe had issues, but they won. They They won it well enough. Uh, and then after that, just things have been starting falling again. And the team is running into many of the similar issues that it had last season. They didn't have the money, I guess, to get a center back, and the center back issue is still there. They still don't have a, a Diego Simeone team. Still doesn't have a reliable set of center backs. Um, that's hence the whole Axel Witzel thing, play, play playing a center back, and now they don't have Oblak either playing at goal, which is, which is of course a massive, a massive loss for. For Atletico, the main thing, looking from Real Madrid's side, is it would be real nice if uh, Benzema were there to like take advantage of those weaknesses in Atletico's box.
1: So I'd be curious to see how they line up. I mean, I think I have a hunch, but like if you look at their last two games, for example, and I guess we can just quickly over go over yeah. um, maybe where they are in the standings and stuff and just flip to the tab. They are currently sitting in uh, seventh place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Offense hasn't been great, but def- but they also you know defensively they haven't been that airtight either. So it's kind of like they've been a bit mediocre based on their standards from like let's say a few years ago. You brought up some some of their patterns in the last few years. The last two games, a four-one win over Celta and then a loss to Bayer Leverkusen they had um the one key difference i would say and obviously we we know that jan oblak is injured so he's not going to play and he hasn't played in the last couple of games but um felipe and hermoso played together against leverkusen and that was a disastrous pairing my hope as a Real Madrid yes. fan is that they would go <laughs> together again and rodrigo and fede can just have a field day in that half space but i don't think simeon is going to do that again so how do you see them lining up in this one
0: uh, the key thing, like you mentioned, is the center back question, which is I that's really the tough one. The because I still don't know what, um, what would he be, what would Simone be planning to do there? Um, something so, one thing is that, uh, in the Leverkusen game, let me see, yes, yeah, so they use uh Renildo in. They used him as a left wing back. He usually makes more more sense as the left center back. And and that was specific preparation against Diaby from Bayern Leverkusen. I assume that's not going to happen this time around. So I'm assuming that Renildo is going to start more in the left center back role. Uh, Then it'll be interesting to see what the what something that's going to be interesting to see as usual from Simeone is what's going to be the preparation though on the right side because Nahuel Molina uh who is now basically their only right wing back hasn't been doing that great so I wonder if if Simeone has any specific match preparation for that I just don't see who else can he play there unless he gets creative and plays, I don't know, Marcos Llorente there. Like that's that's it. like if I think in terms of like creative solutions, uh or Sa- or I guess so Sa- I mean he can always try Sa- the Saul Sa- wing back solution, but I like I, I say this because I'm not I'm just not sure from Simeone's perspective. The one thing I, I, I see in the defensive line is that I wonder if he's gonna trust. Uh, Nahuel Molina against Vinicius that seems like a matchup that's going to worry him a lot
1: yeah I mean I, it's funny because a lot of the options you're mentioning it's like it doesn't really make sense on a football logical level like Saul left wing back mm-hmm. like we've seen it before but like what are we really talking about here so I mean to be quite honest I'm I'm just shocked at how well Witzel is playing at center back yeah. And I, I never yeah. thought that would happen. So, like, he gets some of these things right. Like, you know, Carrasco as a left wing back has been a bit of a revelation in the last couple of years. That has worked because he he works yes. hard on both ends of the field. He creates freedom for whoever's on the left, like in Belgium. Like, that creates freedom for Hazard and Atletico with sometimes Jao Felix. And and so that that has worked. So some of these stuff works. Even Marcos Llorente, it's not his best position, but he's worked that right back. So I remember in the, in a derby last year, not the one, obviously... Uh, the Atletico won at the Metropolitano last year, which Realme had already won the league at that point. But the one before that, the Llorente-Vinicius matchup was interesting. And also Llorente and Mendy also had several clashes together. And I thought that was interesting too. And I think it's... i would be curious to know, like, do you just expect the stereotypical scheme, Jose, where Atletico go in a low block, they try to prevent space for Vinicius cut-ins, they'll pack the flanks, they'll rotate quickly. Do you see them...
0: Doing anything more daring than that? Absolutely not. I would even argue that they're gonna f- somehow find a way to be even more defensive than usual. Because I think this team is gonna is like extra concerned about the fact that Oblak is not there. So they mm. might want uh they might want more protection, uh e- even more protection than than usual this time for their backup keepers. So I I absolutely do not see them moving away from the deep block or trying anything more than that. One could argue that when your center backs are not at, are not that good or not that solid, you should be pressing higher. Uh, but that's not how Simeone logic works. So, uh, so I presume that the deep block is going to stick. Um, like I said, for me the big some of the big factors here are really uh, who the wingbacks are going to be. Like he's at some point Carrasco is good. Like, let's just say that Simeone has lost a bit of confidence on it in him and is not starting him ever, every time we could see weird exper- Like we could see weird experiments like Saul at left wing back again. Um, and again, I, I, I am curious to whether he will try he will keep Nahuel Molina at right wing back or not? Uh, the pair, the pair the trio of center backs. I do think it will be Renildo Vitzel and likely Felipe. Uh, the midfield unit that will be interesting. Um, uh, we know for sure that Lemar can not make it, but then the rest, mm, I'm not entirely sure. So he. I think he start I think they started against Bayern Leverkusen with Llorente, Koke and Saul. Uh I wonder knowing Simeone he's going to try he's if Kondogbia is available then he will try he will use Kondogbia instead. So Kondogbia and Koke are very likely to start. We'll see who the third midfielder is. It would make a lot of sense in for Simeone for it to be Llorente, just thinking more about the defensive side of things. So that's how I'm seeing their lineup at the moment. But right now with Atletico, Simeone is trying a bunch of things, a bunch of lineups. We could get surprises.
1: Yeah, Condobia started the game against Celta, but not the, the game against Leverkusen. That's a little bit of a strange decision given the fact that if you're going to go into that game without All black, and then you have Hermosa and Felipe together, you would think Kondobi would at least add some insurance and balance to a team like that but he did not play I would expect him to play in this game um there I mean a, a key piece of them scoring is going to be I mean Zhao Felix who has I think six goal creating actions in the league which is joint top he um obviously versus Real Madrid's high line I'd expect Rudiger to play how do you see that matchup playing out and will well, Joe Felix get any help in transition from his teammates
0: depends a bit on the teammate uh uh i think like i'd be surprised if say i mean i can see i can see Simeone not starting Correa cuz he wants to use him for the second half but i think Correa has to be a, like you're you're going to be in a situation where real madrid is going to have most possession uh where real madrid is going to be on your half of the pitch most of the time. It makes sense to have Correa as a threat in transition alongside Felix. So that, to me, is what makes the most sense. It's going to be a hard one because Atletico keeps defending quite deep. And like, it, like it's been the same thing with draw Felix for the last two, three years at Atletico. It's him against the world, really, because the rest of the team is too far away to help him. So it's going to be... So as usual, he has to get whatever melons get thrown at him from the back line and try to turn that into something. Uh, either get the hold on to the ball for enough time so that the rest of the team can move forward, or just do an act of magic that gets the team. Uh, that that gets him to keep moving forward, but it's it's a tough one. But it, it's going to be a tough one for him uh, because. There's not going to be much support. This is not the same Atletico as, of say, two years ago that actually had a really neat position, possession game and could reach... Like, they could actually pass the ball to Joao Felix in good conditions. They cannot do that right now. Atletico doesn't have that structure right now. So, it's going to be hard. Of course, if they can get the ball to him in good conditions, then, then it would be the then you'd have the, the, the situation where maybe he can exploit the back of Real Madrid's midfield line, try to be in that space between Real Madrid's midfield and defense, try to receive the ball uh, at the sides of Trameni and, and try to, to, try to stay away from Tramini. Um That would be the objective. But again, I, I am not sure Atletico has right now the capabilities to get the ball to him in good conditions.
1: So, Another talking point here is obviously the Cole Griezmann thing. He's coming in in like minute 60, whatever, to ensure he gets under the one half of football that he needs to play in order to fall in line with the clause of not paying Barcelona. So whether they negotiate out of that soon or not remains to be seen. He's been playing well off the bench. That's a a factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, in all of Real Madrid's games, um, they've been able to strangle opponents in the second half with their depth and fresh legs that come in. In this case, you know, Atletico do have a decent um, attacking depth chart, where maybe they get Correa and Griezmann in the second half. Do you think Griezmann, if there wasn't, that, if that clause did not exist? Cause Simeone did say they're better with him on the field than without. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes like that's contextual in the sense that sometimes players are better suited off the bench and they play better because of the game state they come into or whatever. Uh, but is this team better with
0: Griezmann as a starter if they could? So I am actually not that sure about the answer to that question. I know Simeone is sure about the answer to that question. Like if if he could, he'd play Griezmann as much as possible. So I know what the answer, what his answer is. My answer is I'm not sure because the whole compatibility thing because of the whole compatibility thing with Felix too. Like I just, to me, in a team like this, you can either have, you can have one of them, but having both of them leads to a compatibility issue that's kind of hard to solve. And Simeone hasn't quite solved it yet. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I find it, I find it difficult to me. I'm, I'm not sure if this team is really better with Griezmann uh, most of the time. But it works out pretty well from a impact substitution perspective.
1: <laughs> I think it's also you know contextual to the team they play in and the tactics they play in. You know, fitting those two together, it might be easier easier to incorporate if you're a team that really dominates the ball and counter presses and and is constantly you know keeping possession. Like if you like you, we've seen two tens work together before in multiple different schemes. Like you know, Pep has has yeah. this in his Arsenal, right? But um, yes. but Simeone in a defensive block, it's, I'm not so just... sure. Yeah. Um, exactly. So, uh, okay, so we're, we're pressed for time. Um, what do we got? Key, key matchups, I guess, if you want to hit that?
0: Yes. So I think the key matchups will really be that Vinicius against Atletico's ra- right-side sector. Because Felipe is an interesting it's going to be an interesting matchup let's put it that way for vinicius um and nawel molina like i let's just say it's a it's it's relatively on the weaker side so it it could be an interesting opportunity for vinicius to go there and dominate so that's a so that's a good matchup that looks favorable to real madrid then on the other side i'm still not entirely sure if uh if carrasco will start or not Uh, So, if he plays, then, of course, he's a threat to to Real Madrid's right side. So, always have to watch out for that. And then with Felix, it's that. Like, beware of the threat that he poses, like, receiving the ball in between lines. And Real Madrid need to minimize that. Atletico from their end are already minimizing the possibility that the ball will get to Felix in those areas. And Real Madrid has to contribute to that, too, and try to minimize that risk. Because... Uh, yes, he's uh, he's gonna be dangerous if you give him space to receive and to think. The um, and of course the other big matchup is, which is a more general one, is just beware of Griezmann and what he can do after the 60th minute. I think those are the main keys uh, that I'm that I'm thinking about. Uh, this is a this is gonna be already this already over the week. We already saw what happened w- with Real Madrid's attack when say Gross is not present like it just lacks structure and breaking down Atletico needs uh needs someone who can provide you that kind of structure so it's going to be nice to see the difference on like breaking down a deep block is never the same without Gross because he knows how to move the ball from side to side to best disorder and destabilize the opposition defense so I do look forward towards the uh to that and to because Atletico, one weakness, one normal weakness of Atletico's five, three, two defense is that the block is very narrow. So it can be so you can disorder like so you can destabilize it rather easily if you have very strong switches of play. And a lot of teams uh throughout the last couple of years have destabilized Atletico's defense by doing that. And Real Madrid can do the same with Gross' switch of play. So that's going to be that's going to be important.
1: Um, I have some breaking news for you while we're recording. Now, Pele mm-hmm. has chimed in on the dancing debate. So, quote, <laughs> Pele on Twitter, quote, football is joy. It's a dance. It's a real party. Although racism still exists, we will not allow that to stop us from continuing to smile and we will continue to fight racism this way, fighting for our right to be happy End quote. So uh, I just want to point something out about this racism thing because this cannot be connected to Koke at all. Koke has no part in no. being a racist. I just want that to point that out. But what Pele, and I don't even know if Pe- Pele is aware of this, but what I do think there is grounds for to be angry about is um, there was a very, very uh, disturbing quote on Chiringuito last night about this. I don't know if you saw.
0: Yes, where they told, so, yeah, the one where they told Vinicius to stop being a monkey. Yes. Yeah.
1: That, that feel free to oppose that and arise against that as much as you want. But I, I just wanted to let it be known that this should not be connected to coca. Um, I guess we can quickly yes. go over, Jose, Um, just for the listeners' sake, just key updates on players we haven't had squad lists yet because it's Friday. we will get those tomorrow and obviously press conferences tomorrow as well which will clarify certain issues of certain players but as of right now not expected Benzema will make it <clears throat> Militao is back but mm-hmm. I don't think he'll start over Rudiger um Vasquez mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be back and then for Atletico you have Savage out All Black out Jimenez out I think you mentioned Lamar out right um and Sergio Regulon I don't think is okay. gonna be available either due to an injury. So yeah,
0: he's also not available at the yeah. moment. Yeah.
1: okay. So I just wanted to clear that up. All right, Jose, I think we got it all, right.
0: Yep. uh, as usual, um, yeah, it's gonna be a choppy game. I, I like what what can we say? Uh, this is not, I, I'm not I can never say that Atlético Real Madrid is gonna be fun or that I look forward to it. I guess I just look forward to Real Madrid winning it. That's that's really what it what counts.
1: (laughs) If you like, we can um, schedule in an entire episode, one hour long, just to talk about dancing. If you like, just send just send me a message if that's something that you're interested in, Jose. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, I'll do that one solo. I
0: hope I don't have to add.
1: (laughs) All right, Jose. We can do
0: now if you tell me that that that. Yeah, if we if one hour like Yanos like we're just dancing around, uh, uh, dancing around, then that, then that might be better. But other than that, to talk it to discuss, other than that, no.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. We're pretty busy people, so I don't, th- I don't know if we'll get that far. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Jose, thanks, my friend. It's Pleasure as always. We'll chat on Friday at the very latest. But yeah, enjoy the game. Take care, buddy. Thank you. Yep.
0: See you around and thanks everyone for listening.
1: All right, before we wrap it up here and send you guys along on your way, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our patrons over on Patreon.com managing ManagingMadrid who do so much to support the show and they also get a ton of bonus content. If that's something you're interested in and being part of a bigger Real Madrid family, again, go to Patreon.com slash ManagingMadrid. And we wanted to give a specific shout out to our $10 plus patrons because if you pledge $10 or more per month, you get a specific shout out on the podcast as well as guaranteed responses to your questions. So. Shout out to Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Wei Pering, Will Sousa, Wamik Jamal, Umar Mahadi, Tyler Dixon, Tobias Royal Botcher, Tark Goktas, Taleb Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sherry Soriel, Sheikh Atiri, Shamil, Shabal Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solarsano, Samuel e. Justin, Samir Z. Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sassy Kumar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Adiafati, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicolas Zapatero-Zubiare, Nicholas Moeller, Nick Ribeiro, MJ Diego, Mowgli, uh, Nelson Masariego, Michael Zinberg, Maren Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lex, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavarnakos, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Antakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Khan P, Christian Toth, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Armin Gashi, Armando L, Antons Rudenko, Anirudh Singh, Ananya Kumar, Alex Steinberg, Al Azaz, Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalikovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun, Ramtin, Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Hala Madrid, and we'll see you on the post-game podcast after the Athletic game.